Welcome to EM Guidewire, brought to you by the emergency medicine residents and faculty at Carolina's Medical Center in Charlotte, North Carolina. Core Concepts of Emergency Medicine. Good day, everyone. Welcome to EM Guidewire's podcast. I am Sean Fox and wanted to give a little introduction for this particular special episode that's coming up. It is July, and in the world of academic emergency medicine, it is an exciting time indeed. While here in Charlotte, the temperatures may be soaring to midsummer form, the energy in our program is more akin to spring. It is a time for rejuvenation and revitalization. With a new palpable excitement, however, comes, well, let's just be direct, lots of inexperience. And with that in mind, I thought it would be useful if we could rely on some of my recent graduates, familiar voices to all of you loyal listeners out there, to cover an important topic that needs to be addressed early on, transition of care in the emergency department. So without further ado, let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a special edition of EM Guidewire. Today, we're talking about something a little different instead of core concepts. Sometimes things go right. Sometimes things go wrong. Today, we're talking about problems in the ED and how to troubleshoot them. Welcome to Kinks in the Guidewire. Let's get kinky. Today, we have Russell Tregonis and Ben Covell, and I'm Drew Kitchen, and we're going to be discussing getting off in the ED. Getting off in the ED, Drew, that seems a little bit inappropriate, so let's make it a little bit clearer for our audience. Today, we're going to be talking about signing out in the ED. What do you do at that difficult time we're trying to transition care from one resident who's going off to the next resident who's coming on? And it's never easy, right? That's right when everyone starts to come in. You have a bunch of traumas. You have a lot of sick patients, and you need to transition their care in a way that's appropriate and informative, but it's also very succinct. What do you guys think is the best format? How do you like to give sign out? So you can do this in a couple different ways, and I really like that we're drawing attention to this right now because as all of the studies have shown, the most medical complications happen at times of sign-out when we're trying to transition patient care. So let's talk about it. What is everyone's favorite way? So my personal favorite in the right clinical context is, is to do drive-by sign-outs. So, you know, the, the resident that's leaving walks around with you. You're personally laying your eyes on every single patient. There's something to be said about that kind of view from the door of each patient. And you talk about them while looking at them because... You know, the, the chest pain patient with a heart rate of 100 could be really, really sick looking or could look like a million bucks and should probably be at home right now. So my personal favorite is to actually walk around and see the patients, although, you know, you have to be in the right setting to allow for that. Absolutely. I mean, you have to have plenty of time for that. But at the end of the day, that probably is the best sign out. Now, let's be honest here. We all pride ourselves on working as hard as we can. We all pride ourselves on giving the best care for our patients, but sometimes we don't have time for that drive-by sign-out. Drew, is there anything you like to do when you're doing maybe more of a verbal sign-out? So typically most of the sign-out that I do and see done is usually board sign-out. There's usually multiple doctors coming on and leaving at the same time, and it's not really feasible to do a whole walk-arounds through the ED. The thing that I really love emphasize during sign-out is a quick statement up front of the disposition, even if that's unclear, even if that's, you know, patient still pending workup for ultimate disposition or patient coming in to medicine service, patient going home. Okay, so I think I understand what you're saying, but why don't you give me an example? So let's say we have a chest painter who's getting admitted. How would you sign out that patient to me? Sure. So I'd say, you know, bed 24, this is a 65-year-old gentleman who's coming in for chest pain rule out or for NSTEMI. 
and then quickly give just like a quick one-liner about their HPI just so everyone's on board. So this is Dr. Drew Kitchen. He's going to be admitted to the medicine service for acute psychosis. So far, we've done a pretty extensive workup on him. He's received multiple doses of sedating medications. He's still a little bit agitated, but all in all, should be pretty calm. Is that what you kind of like for your sign out? Absolutely. And then I throw on the end any big to-dos. So for example, we still want to rule out any evidence of NMS. Someone should go back and do his reflexes again in an hour. Mine were two plus. Okay, I, I love that, because that's something we can write down quick. We know exactly what direction the patient's likely heading in, and that gives us kind of our guideline for what we're going to do to take care of this patient. And that's what I write down, too, which brings me to my next question. So how do you guys like to get sign-out? Because I feel like giving sign-out, it's a lot easier because you're getting out, you're free and clear, but getting sign-out, it's kind of scary because you're going to be locked in the ED with this patient who you did not get the original history and physical exam on for the next few hours. Yeah, so so personally, what, what I like is, you know, I, I like going through with the whole crew the just brief clinical picture of that patient, you know, their age, what their disposition is, maybe any abnormal vitals, any abnormal labs, anything else that needs to be done. But I think, you know, there's definitely a specific subset of patients where you need to know a little bit more, you know, if it's going to be your patient from that particular provider. So I like when they after we do the sign out with the whole team, going back and touching on a few patients that may be a little bit more complicated and really going through. And I like to personally have the chart open, looking at the labs myself, reviewing the imaging myself. Do you write anything down when you're doing that? Like what notes do you take for yourself? Yeah, I like to jot down some basic notes because, you know, when you get really busy, a bunch of traumas come in, you've got eight people that were signed out to you and you can't remember which one was which. So, you know, at least a little blurb that can help remind you of what that patient was and what you're supposed to do. And I like that too. I mean, often for these patients, I'll write down on my piece of paper. So CTA pending, that gives me whatever studies are still going, trying to rule out ACS versus PE and patient is likely going to get admitted because of risk factors. It kind of gives me a couple of quick lines to write down. Yeah. And I think anytime you have a patient that's signed out to you and there's actually something that needs to be done, just on your paper, putting a little box around it or whatever your system is to make sure that you check that box up before they leave. I like triangles personally. Absolutely agree with the check boxes. And one other thing I'll say that I've always been a stickler for is reading the note. Um, in addition to discussing it, from personal experience, I had a patient that was signed out to me once. It was billed as a brewery in an otherwise healthy young kid who was coming in just for observation. When I called to admit the patient, this is the story that I gave the inpatient team. What was in the note was that the child had seizure-like activity for approximately 17 minutes and also may have had a fever in the last 24 hours. As you can tell, that did not go well. So is that good or bad? I'm a little bit confused here. So I, ultimately, that was my fault. Um, you know, going back and talking with the provider, it sounded like, you know, this was an intern year. This was another resident who had kind of gotten a different story, and the seizure activity is what mother said, but it was actually brewy activity. There was some, I think, exaggeration, and that made it into the note, but at the end of the day, that's what's documented, and so I think it's very important that you have your own exams, such as Dr. Koval, and that if something is documented, you can quickly ask providers about anything that jumps out to you in that HPI that may be concerning that you're going to need to follow up on. Yeah, and there's nothing that consultants hate more than, oh, this patient was signed out to me. I don't really know what's going on. You know, it's really important to know something about the patient. The last thing you want to do is call a surgeon about rule out appendicitis, and they ask you what the exam is, and you go, oh. Uh, their belly hurts. Uh. Yeah, uh, that's why you need to lay hands on them. So, you know, really going in on patients, especially that you're going to be calling consultants for, 
actually going in and having an idea of what that patient looks like and what to tell them on the phone. So that's a really good point. But uh, going back to that, Drew, if you use the notes to kind of help determine what this patient disposition might be, what you know about this patient, does that mean that you finish all of your notes before you walk out of the room? So that's a great question. Personally, and I'm not saying this is the right way to do it, but I will not leave unless the chart has an HPI and a physical exam. And then I will usually try and finish my MDM in the next couple hours before going home. And I'm kind of in the same boat. And the patients that take priority for my documentation are patients that I'm signing out. At the end of the day, the patient I admitted six hours ago that I haven't finished their documentation on, they're upstairs. They've had a medicine team evaluate them. Yes, my note is still incredibly important, but more important is the note that's going to help my colleague figure out the disposition of the patient is still in the department. And I think that's key because a lot of times when you are calling these people back, you're looking down at a paper that's got a couple pertinent risk factors, some check boxes, and you're trying Triangles. to recall... <laughs> Triangles. And you're trying to recall an HPI basically from memory that was told to you once over the space of a couple minutes. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, this actually brings us as a pretty good transition to something else to talk about. So you've taken over that patient, you've read their incredibly well-written note that Dr. Kitchen finished before he stepped out of the emergency department. What do you do when to document on top of that? Yeah, so typically when I document, you know, you, you want to say something, first of all, that identifies yourself. Because if you're reading the note from, you know, you, you're not the one writing it, you're just somebody reading it, you don't know who is writing it. Um, so important to identify yourself. I like to have a time when you reassess the patient. Don't put reassess the patient if you didn't actually reassess the patient. So any pertinent physical exam findings that you have, a general clinical picture, are they stable from prior? Are they getting worse? Are they getting better? Do they look comfortable? Are they in distress? Um, and summarizing any additional lab findings, imaging findings that had been pending at the time of the previous documentation. I agree. I like my general documentation strategy to be a quick eyeball, as Dr. Koval said, even if you don't go by initially with the original provider, at least a flyby and a quick LGFD, that's looks good from door, and a quick review of their current vitals can tell you a lot about a patient, even if they're not someone who's very sick and you need to watch very closely. And like you said, I'm a huge fan of the timestamps as well. It just gives you a very linear progression, what's going on with the patient while in the emergency department. And I think it makes dispositioning the patient ultimately much easier. And then I like to record what ultimately ended up happening with them. So just like Ben was saying, patient results came back as X, admitted to Y service, patient went up at that time. Yeah, and I, I think that's crucial. You know, there's nothing worse than looking back on your note a week later and it said, patient signed out to the oncoming resident at 1500 pending X. And then that's the end of the note, you know, and, there's, there's no follow-up of what actually happened to that patient, so I think that's key. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, that's incomplete documentation, and it's something that we try and pretend never happens, but it definitely happens, and sometimes residency programs, it happens even more frequently. We have more sign-outs. We have more new providers coming on. It's something that's a big issue, and developing good habits now in residency when we are seeing so many patients is going to be a great skill to carry forward as we go into our own practices. What are your thoughts about boarding patients? Sometimes we have patients down there, they're admitted, everything's done, they're still physically in the ED, so they're technically our responsibility. Do you guys count those as patients that you're going to reassess and leave addendums on, or only if they're unstable? Yeah, personally, I typically don't addend those patients unless something changes. Uh, but what I think is important is that at sign-out, the sign-out isn't simply okay, this patient has chest pain, he's admitted to the medicine service for cardiac rule-out. You know, it's important to know something a little bit more about that patient because they're in your care, you're responsible for knowing something about them. 
and you want to know more than just what their trajectory is. Completely agree. You want to know stable, unstable. You want to know this guy, actually he came in an AFib with RVR, we fixed that, and now he's just here awaiting admission for medicine. When that patient's heart rate suddenly jumps up to 160, you wanted to know what they used earlier, if they had to do anything earlier when this happened. Yeah, there's nothing worse than the nurse coming up to you and saying, do you want me to up-titrate the drip? And you say, what drip? So our fearless leader here also brought up another good point that I definitely want to chime in. We're actually lucky here at CMC, greatest residency in the country, where we often don't board patients longer than 24 hours. Sometimes other programs aren't as lucky or sometimes other emergency departments, they just have longer boarding periods. And it's important to know that most places require patients to have notes documented every 24 hours. So if a patient is down there for two days, sometimes even up to a week, we want to make sure we're continuing to reassess them and dropping notes every 24 hours. So I guess that kind of brings us to our culture here. Every residency, every hospital is going to have its own culture. And I think it's interesting just to talk about from our perspective, what are some no-nos of sign-out? So no-nos of sign-out, uh, I mean, let's be perfectly honest here. A no-no of sign-out is going to be a procedure at sign-out. Yes, there's going to be some extenuating circumstances where this patient you got slammed all shift, this patient needs this and you simply don't have time to do it because you're doing something else, maybe that's a lack repair that never got finished. That's something you try not to sign out and most of us have pride that we don't sign those out, but every once in a while it does happen. Number two is gonna be a pelvic exam. We hate to say it, but that's something you never wanna sign out to one of your colleagues and that's just a part of our culture here. Unless I'll do a procedure if it's really cool um, or if I offer. I think that sometimes you're coming onto a shift Maybe things have slowed down. You don't really have any patients in the waiting room right now. That's a time where if I offer to do a lack or I offer to, you know, put in some IVs or a line for you, I don't mind. Yeah, and I mean, whenever you offer it, that's a great thing to do. We try and make it a culture here of making sure you kind of tidy up all your own loose ends. Don't sign out any procedures. Don't sign out any pelvic exams. Yeah, and I think you, you, know, you don't want to be a jerk about it, but, you know, when you're coming on to your shift and somebody's giving you sign-out, it's also important to kind of try to think ahead and say, okay, this lady, this 30-year-old lady, she's here with abdominal pain, she's appending a CT scan, I'm here to follow up her CT scan, but what if we don't find anything that they were concerned about? Does she need a pelvic? Did they do a pelvic? It's important to know these things because the last thing you want to do is have to go in on the back end and do the pelvic exam. Yeah, and I mean, it's not, we're joking about it because it's never going to be anyone's favorite part of emergency medicine, but at the same time, it's something that's very uncomfortable for the patient. This is a patient who's gotten used to seeing a certain provider over the past couple of hours, and now you're a new face coming in saying, hey, here to do your pelvic. I agree, and I would also tack on rectals to that as well. I think anything that's going to take you in the room with a chaperone or you in the room for more than five minutes quickly repeating a physical exam and pertinent history is something that should be done by the offgoing doc. So, I mean, these are a lot of good things we brought up here. So things we definitely don't want to sign out. But at the same time, if you're the eager oncoming resident, you want to take as much pressure off of your brethren as you can. You want to see whatever you can do. The question I always ask, what can I do to get you out of here? And I think it's important, too, to think about what the staffing is like at that particular time of sign out. You know, if, if the oncoming person that's coming in is the only provider that's going to be there for the next three hours and... They offer to do your lacquer repair, but you know you've seen it. They haven't seen it. You've seen it, and you know that lacquer repair is probably going to take a good hour or so. They can't physically be out of the department for an hour. So even if they offer, try to think about that and help guide them. What are your thoughts on calling consultants? Let's say we've got our 65-year-old chest pain guy. Again, heart score of 7, definitely coming in, not having an end STEMI. It's slam dunk. 
do you guys call out consultants for your colleagues who are leaving, or do you want them to do it before they go home? I mean, I think it's going to be institutional there, because sometimes, yeah, you know, this patient's getting admitted, yeah, you know, they have a heart score of whatever it is, and that's going to be a reason to bring them in, but they're still pending a couple of diagnostic studies. The inpatient team's going to want to know that, because let's say this patient, instead of being an ACS, they have a massive PE, that's going to change their overall disposition. I honestly don't mind coming on for someone else and calling out a consultant. The thing is, as long as we went through everything else we've talked about here today, you've gotten good sign out, you know what the pending studies are, you know what the likely disposition or which direction you might be heading in, I'm more than happy to do that to help my colleague because I don't want them sitting around for three hours to wait for two scans to get done for them to make a call that's going to be an easy call for me to make. Yeah, the the, the consulting teams, we're the least favorite people that they talk to in the hospital because we provide them with extra work. So. If we can set ourselves up for success, have everything done, have a nice packaged product to present to them, you know, once everything has been done to kind of increase our success and having a good conversation with them, I think that's key. So if that means somebody else having to take your follow-up to make that happen, I think it's reasonable. And I think it's a good mindset to have as you're taking sign out is be a consultant, right? Ask the questions you know they're going to ask you. Be kind of a a little bit tough and ask the hard questions, you know, what if the CT is negative? What are we going to do about his heart rate of 110? Those sorts of things to really get good answers from someone who knows the patient more and can say, "Uh, he needs to come in regardless. So you know how to advocate for your patient and so you know what to look for when you're reassessing them. And I think you bring up a great point there, Drew. You're getting signed out on these patients to, hey, follow up the CT scan. But I think one thing that may even be more important than that is, okay, if X, then Y. So if the CT scan shows this, this is where they go. If it doesn't show this, this is what happens. It's really important to know because I can't tell you how many times we, we follow up a scan, we read it, and it's negative, and then we say, well, were they? did they want us to send them home if it's negative? Do they still need to come in regardless? I think those are all important things. And I think that's honestly one of the best points to end on here. You've summarized exactly what we want to do. When we sign out for our colleagues, we want to make sure we give them a linear progression for the patient. We've done this. We think they're heading in this direction. This is the only thing standing in their way. If you give that sign out, if you receive that sign out, you're already getting the information you need. Is this a sick patient? Do I need to go check in on them more frequently? What else do I need to do? And at the end of the day, I'm trying to help my colleague and my colleague's trying to help me. So whatever we can do to make this process as smooth as possible for us and as safe as possible for the patient, I think we're doing the right things. Thanks again for joining us on this week's episode of Kinks in the Guidewire. From the J. Lee Garvey Studios here in Charlotte, North Carolina, this is EM Guidewire. Thanks for listening to EM Guidewire. Go, be awesome today. Seems he out.